podcast is brought to you by DIA, the trusted global neutral forum for healthcare product development professionals. DIA, driving insights to action. For the past three years, DIA Global Forum has published an annual review of new drug approvals in China for the years 2019, 2020, and 2021. These review articles have analyzed the growth in both the number and types of new drugs approved, from 34 new chemical drugs and 19 biological products in 2019 to 37 new chemical drugs and 24 biological products in 2021, an increase of 9% and 26% respectively. So what is driving this growth of new drug approvals in China? I am Alberto Grignolo, Editor-in-Chief of the IA Global Forum. Today, it is my pleasure to discuss these developments with Dr. Ling Su, the IA Global Forum Regional Editor for China for many years now, under whose leadership these articles were prepared. Ling is a research fellow at Shenyang Pharmaceutical University Yihong Business School and a venture partner in Lilly Asia Ventures. He previously worked in various R&D management positions in industry, as well as in the Chinese regulatory agency and in CEDAR, the Center for Drug Evaluation and Research at the U.S. FDA as well. Ling is a long-standing DIA volunteer who has served as president of DIA and is also a fellow of DIA. Ling, thank you very much for joining us today and welcome. Thank you, Alberto. Great to be here. The Global Forum is a great platform to communicate and interact with DIA members, so it's my pleasure. Thank you. Glad to have you. So first question, before we specifically discuss these approvals that I've mentioned, let's provide some regulatory context. How has the drug regulatory reform launched in China by the government in 2015 impacted the review and the approval of new drugs and biologics in China in recent years? Yes, the reform started seven years ago certainly have a profound impact on the drug regulatory system in China including the review and approval of new drugs and biologics. It has created a new regulatory framework that is better aligned with the international standards. ICH guidelines are now implemented in China. The regulatory processes of drug review and approvals were streamlined, and the facilitated regulatory pathways such as priority review, breakthrough therapy declination, and condition approvals were formally introduced. All of this have brought major changes to the new drug development and approval in China in recent years and have produced encouraging outcomes. Firstly, as we see, the annual number of new drug approvals has increased and reached a record high of 61 in 2021. And secondly, the review time has shortened. The new drug registration regulation sets the review time limits for various types of applications. For example, 60 working days for IND, 200 working days for NDA, etc. According to the CD Annual Report 2021, last year, overall, the reviews were completed within the time limits for 99% of the applications. And for IND, it was 99.9%. And for NDA, 94%. This was remarkable considering the huge backlog of applications right before the reform in 2015. If I could ask you, the clinical trial mm-hmm. applications or INDs in China used to take two or three, or three years to be cleared by the Center for Drug Evaluation. Is that right? And this is now down to 60 days? 
60 working days, which is three months now. Three months. And they met the goal 99% for the applications, 99.9% for the applications. Yes, you were right. The IND timeline before it was like two years. So that excludes the possibility of China being part of the global trials because the timeline is not practical <laughs> or feasible to become part of the global study. And this improvement has been led by the regulatory reforms, but presumably also by an increase in staffing at the Center for Drug Evaluation? True, yes. They have increased the number of staff in the CDE, Center for Drug Evaluation, over the several years. There are several things. There are guidelines published to guide the industry in terms of how you develop drugs, clinically, preclinical evaluation, so that eliminate a lot of misunderstanding or unclarify issues before the sponsors comes in to CDE. And second is the communication channel. Now the CDE has the formal communication, sort of meeting request process. So you can submit pre-IND meeting request or type C meeting request. Very similar to FDA system where the sponsor can discuss issues beforehand in advance with the CDE. So that that certainly would facilitate a more smooth application process for clinical trials. And of course, for NDA as well. Generally speaking, are the guidelines that you mentioned informed or inspired by ICH or other agencies, or are they very unique to China? Uh, Both. I would say that most of the ICH guidelines are now implemented in China. And CDE also published, uh, I don't have the exact number, but they published over hundreds of guidelines now. And some of them are sort of very similar or in the same area like other agencies. But there are guidelines I think CDE published has ahead of other agencies, for example, in the area of real-world evidence. I think CDE published four or five guidance in that area. So including the real-world evidence, real-world data, and the communication, how you communicate with the agency with regard to using real-world evidence, and also the study design, the framework of study design of real-world studies. So these are some of the guidelines CTE published, and also in the area of patient-centric drug development. So they are in quite in advance in certain areas as well. You mentioned real-world evidence. If I may ask you a side question, mm-hmm. is it permissible according to government guidelines or laws and regulations to collect real-world data in China using electronic health records, for example, and use those data outside China, for example, in new drug applications in other countries? It's possible. I'm not sure there are actual examples that that has happened. But at least within China, there are pilot programs in which CD is part of the program. So they work with the sponsor, work with the institution, where like hospitals or healthcare organization, to pilot on certain product or certain indications and collect real-world data to support registration. And there are examples of this for registration in China. But outside application of these data outside China, I'm not sure. I don't see an actual example yet. Okay. Second question, what trends do you see if you look at the past three years? What trends do you see across the last three years in product approvals? Anything that jumps out to you as an observer and a a close observer of the situation there? Yes, there are several trends clearly present. I think the first is an increasing number of new drug approvals each year that I just talked about. And the second is the number of so-called category one new drugs, which are at a time of NDA filing in China, the drug has not been approved in any country in the world. So we call category one drugs. 
So the number of these category one new drugs approvals have been increasing over the years. For example, 12 in 2019, 18 in 2020, and 29 in 2021. So you can see the number is increasing. Clearly. It is notable, though, that most of these category one drugs were from Chinese domestic companies. And this is understandable because most multinational companies, before they file NDA in China, they already filed the NDA in other countries or even obtained NDA approval in other countries. So they would not qualify for category one new drugs in China. But there are some exceptions. If I remember correctly, there was one each in each of the three years in China where the multinational companies, they file NDA in China before any approval in the world. So they qualify. These drugs are qualified for a category one new drugs. So we hope we'll see more and more this kind of simultaneous development and regulatory fighting in China in the future. But I think at the same time, this reflects the fact that the Chinese domestic biopharma has progressed from R&D to NDA stage and to commercialization, right? So they are fighting new chemical entities in China first, the first fighting in the world uh, in China. And the third trend we observe is that over the last three years, oncology drug consistently rank as number one therapeutic areas in new drug approvals. In terms of the number of new drug approvals, you mean? Yes, in terms of number of new drug approved. For example, in 2021, oncology drugs accounted for 44% of all approvals and followed by hematology, anti-infections, and immunology drugs. So I think these are several clear trends we observed. Thank you. You mentioned Chinese companies, foreign companies. What is the distribution of approvals between Chinese domestic companies and foreign companies in the last three years? And has this balance uh, changed over the last three years? Yes, it did. I think the local Chinese biopharma industry is evolving and growing rapidly. And traditionally, among all the approvals, drugs from foreign companies before, the foreign companies will have more drug approved in China than local companies. But in 2021, among the 61 new drug approved, 31, slightly over 50%, were developed by local companies. And this was the first time that domestic companies received more new drug approvals than foreign companies in the given year. Nevertheless, if you look across the three years or across a longer time horizon, say five years, foreign new drugs still outnumbered local ones in regulatory approvals. I think this is understandable because there are more new drugs out there across the world than the Chinese company that developed. At the same time, we should note that most of these locally discovered and developed new drugs, particularly these new small molecule drugs, are fast followers or me too molecules. And in biologics, the local biotech industry has been engaged in all types of products, monoclonal antibodies, bispecific antibodies, ADCs, cell and gene therapies, etc. And in reality, they actually, they are kind of overcrowded on certain therapeutic targets. We also see a very interesting development. In the IND space, we also noted that there has been a rapid increase in INDs filed in recent years. And most of the IND increases came from local company sponsors. So it's kind of interesting to see it's a number is increasing, but we also need to put this growth in perspective, realizing that it takes a lot more time and efforts for local biopharma to really become more substantially engaged in innovative first-in-class type of discovery and development. So I think that's why I see where the local industry is. 
my next question is, are there any types of drug products or therapeutic areas that are noticeably missing from the approvals of the last three years? If so, what challenges do these areas or products face in China? Is anything being done to overcome these gaps? I'm thinking maybe drugs for rare diseases, ultra rare diseases. Is anything missing? As I said, oncology is number one therapeutic areas for new drug approvals. Uh, we noted that uh, neurology, muscle, cardiovascular, these are areas we, we did see less new drugs that gets developed and approved. And I think the reasons may be multifaceted. For example, the difficulties and challenges involved in basic scientific research. Certain therapeutic areas just do not have that kind of scientific advances in recent years. And also the challenges in design and conduct of clinical trials, for example, large sample size required, long follow-up period required, etc., etc. And also could be the availability of existing treatment and the perceived medical needs. These may all play a role. For example, cardiovascular area, there are numerous drugs out there for certain indication. So people may not get excited to develop certain drugs. In terms of rare disease, uh, we do see more and more rare disease drugs get approved in China in recent years. As a matter of fact, among the measures of encouraging drug development and approval, rare disease will enjoy a sort of quote-unquote special status in the review. For example, they have a very short defined review clock, three months. And review for the IND or for the NDA? For NDA. Three months. And three months as opposed to 200 working days in a standard review. So they also may enjoy the status of priority review, breakthrough therapy if they qualify. And also in terms of using overseas clinical data, recognizing the difficulty of, of conducting trials in rare disease uh, population, the sponsor can submit overseas data for Chinese approval to start with. There are numerous measures to encourage rare disease product development and approval in China. So we do see quite a number of rare disease products approved over the, over the years. Related to rare diseases, what is the status of patient advocacy groups, particularly for rare diseases in China? Is the government, for example, responding to patients really insisting that new therapies are needed for rare and ultra-rare diseases? And is that the reason the government is progressing and proceeding quickly with the review and approval of drugs for rare diseases? We see there are more and more active patient groups or societies, societal's voice to support rare disease product development and approval. I think probably they play some role in this development, but also from very early time of the reform, the desire or the policies to support rare disease product development was there already. So I think the government realized this rare disease population, they do deserve special attention in policy support. So I guess they're both, from the government and also from the societal perspective. There's a voice to push this forward. So I, I guess this kind of phenomenon also there, one way or the other in other parts of the world. So it's not just a China problem. I don't have a recipe for it, but I think it takes all stakeholders' continuous effort trying to address it. Link, finally, we're past the middle of 2022, so it's fair to ask, can you give us any previews of new drug approvals in China this year? Uh, in terms of maybe approval rates or product types that are getting approved? Any insights you can give us at the mid-year point, more or less? Yes, there are limited information out there, but I did take a look. Up to the end of July, the NMPA has approved 32 new drugs. 
18 small molecule drugs, 10 biologic, three vaccines, and one traditional Chinese medicine. I did not have a detailed count of uh, for each of the therapeutic areas, but I still see oncology accounted for a larger proportion of the new approvals. So it's consistent with what we have seen in the years before. So I think if the trend continues, we may see another quite fruitful years for a new drug approvals in 2022. Yeah, they seem to be on track to at least match the number for 2021 and possibly exceed it. Yes, I, I think so. Good. Well, Ling, thank you. These are all my questions. And uh, I know that we at Global Forum can rely on you to provide another stellar annual report for us when the time comes next year as to the 2022 approvals in China. These are all the questions for today. And thank you very much for joining us today. We really enjoyed our conversation. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to speak to and to share insights and thoughts with our members and audience. Thank you. Thank you. For DIA Global Forum, I'm Alberto Grignolo. To learn more about this topic, visit us online at diaglobal.org.